Yeah, my, my hardware store is out in the woods. Most of the stuff I do, I got to go out in the woods and gather it. That's what keeps me going. I, I like to do what I'm doing right now. I just got through with a, just about 20 baskets. And I got necklaces ready to string up and that I've been, I'll be busy all winter. First People's Fund presents the Collective Spirit Podcast. The Collective Spirit moves each of us to stand up and make a difference, to pass on ancestral knowledge and simply extend a hand of generosity. The Collective Spirit Podcast features Native artists and culture bearers who discuss the power of Indigenous art and culture. My name is Ronald Joseph Balkan, and I belong to the Sioux Tribe in Sioux City, Maria, Michigan, where I'm Chippewa, Davis, Michigan. I teach birch canoe making, and I teach uh, implements made out of birch like birch bark, like trays, and I teach block ash basketry and necklaces and carving. Well, I'm not educated academically, so I had to go to other forms. And But I've been making things now, oh God, since I've been 12 years old. My Aunt Agnes taught me how to do baskets. And then later, when they started to have programs, they got a hold of me, and I've been teaching ever since. I've got canoes in a lot of museums and sports shops and what all. But I sold a lot of them because they use them. I think I had 12 apprenticeships on that, on the canoe making. Most of the things that I do, I train myself. I research on it, talk to people, and, and I start doing it. I do a lot of work for museums. I worked at a museum here for 18 years, and I got quite a background on on doing this. Well, you can be taught a few things, but I've talked to other craftsmen and they learn when they start doing it, they get ideas and, and easier ways of doing it and stuff like that comes to you. When I do knives and my necklaces, I carve uh, out of moose horn, elk horn and deer horn. I uh, make handles for the knives and do necklaces with eagles, eagles on them, eagle heads. I carve a lot of eagles and turtles and stuff like that. I belong to the eagle clan in my tribe, so I got quite a collection of deer horn at the house here. I make buttons and, and earrings and, you know, I keep pretty busy. I make a lot of stuff out of birch bark. And then when you got to build canoes, you got to go out in the woods and dig roots and debark them and split them. That's what you sew a canoe together with. So it's quite a job. Yeah, the black ashes show now. Around here in Michigan, around quite a few areas, 
that I know of, and I know the woods pretty good around here. All the black ashes that are dead, it's some black ash boar killed it. So we've been going up to a reservation in uh, Lac Flambeau in Wisconsin said that we could go up and get some that they got on their res property. So, so far we've got two loads. It's quite a process. You gotta go get the log, you gotta make sure you get the right grain. Then you gotta take it and, and beat it so that you bust the grains apart. When you get them apart, there's one side you gotta scrape with a knife. Then you gotta cut them to the width that you or the width that you want. Then you gotta dye them, the ones you're gonna use the color in, and you haven't made the basket yet. You know, so the baskets are going quite high now. Now, I teach in this area quite a bit. Well, I just got through the quill class, quill boxes. I just got through with that. I got some students that they come to every class that I got. For 25 years, they've been with me. But uh, the next one I'm going to do is probably the quill boxes again. And then I make a... a Birch bark uh, wall pocket that would cool too, that they put dry flowers in and stuff like that. This is unique. That's going to be my next classes. I just got through with one with the elders with a cool box class and the youth. Now, the youth, there's where my personal experience has been good to me. So I'm the teacher. But you don't only teach the craft that you're going to learn. You've got to learn the personalities of your students because some's going to be more qualified and doing a really good job than others. And you've got to praise them all and be patient with them. And that's one of the key things to teach. That's with anything. But uh, a lot of people are very good with academics, but they can't use their hands very well. And you got to be very careful how you approach these people and the questions that you ask them. But once we start the class, it don't take me long to figure out the ones I got to give a little more attention to and the ones that I don't. You know, so it's not like you just, okay, we're going to build a, a basket here that we start. It isn't like that. I got a student that's been with me for years. She could really quill. Boy, could she make cool boxes. But she could not do a basket to save anything. We tried three different times at her and make a basket. She couldn't do it. So, you know, and I'm glad I found that out because she already told me that, Ron, I'm not getting it. But you got to be very careful you approach your students and to help them. Yeah, it's, actually, it's my therapy. It's... uh. Right now I'm working. I work every day, and I'll be working all winter making things, you know. I believe I can't go commercial fishing or lay block and brick and do cement work anymore because I'm usually retired from that by the time you're 65. Well, I'm 80. But I believe this, that if you keep your hands busy, it also keeps your mind sharp. And I believe in that thoroughly because I know a lot of people that are retired at 60, 65, that they're 
kind of useless right now. They start drinking, carrying on. I'm going to work till I'm gone, but it's good therapy for me. A lot of them, I teach both Indian and non-Indian when I do it. But when you're doing this, you're teaching the kids and the non-Indians the culture of the old in the old days, how they had to make a living. My aunt made baskets that were like three feet tall and two feet across that she got $2 for when she got them done. A lot of people like me, they use that for extra money too for the for your living. So that's what I look at it with. But the more I can teach it and give people understanding, like I just explained to you what it takes to make a black ash basket. And you tell people that, say, oh my God, no wonder they got to charge some money for it. But you got to be careful that you don't overcharge either. But uh, I, I manage it pretty good. I don't have no complaints on my prices. But you you got to figure on a lot of things when you're into this business. And the key thing is to make a a decent project. Whatever you're doing around, do well on it. You know, make it look nice and know that when people look at it, they say they can see that it's well done. I want to leave my knowledge to others behind, you know, and to keep our tradition going somewhat. In this pretty modern world right now, and the legacy, I just want to be behind that. The Indians were not known at one time to be knowledgeable on uh, on stuff like this because in the old days, they never paid no attention to it. And you could tell it's quite a tradition because I'm doing things, teaching things that went on for 150 years. But the key thing is to have people appreciate each other's culture. I think that's the key to it, and I, I enjoy doing it. The Collective Spirit Podcast is produced by First Peoples Fund, whose mission is to honor and support Indigenous artists and culture bearers through grant-making initiatives, culturally rooted programming, and training and mentorship. Learn more at firstpeoplesfund.org. Thank you.